feature presentation. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another untitled spoiler cast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside. He's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. I kept trying to think like what we could call this because it's like, it's almost like you know you could just say it's the after party spoiler cast or it's the after after, the after, after party yeah, spoiler yeah, cast. So it's yeah, like a work in yeah. progress kind of thing. I originally, yes, today we are going to do a spoiler cast for Christopher Miller's The After Party, the Apple TV Plus show. Uh, so if you haven't watched it, um, you guys can check out our review of the first three episodes. Those are spoiler free, but um, overall, definitely worth your time. You should stop this right now and go and watch that show and then come back and listen to Eric and I kind of spoil the shit out of it and talk about uh, the show as a whole, because really we only talked about those first three episodes and kind of mentioned it on the main show uh here and there but i'm very excited to talk about uh the entire series and who the killer was and things like that so yeah eric after the after party was going to be my idea for a after party post show podcast when i was thinking about doing something like that because i know um you know tv we, we do weekly kind of recaps of what we've been watching on the main show but i think it would be fun once in a while to kind of tackle one show and do episode by episode thing so i almost pitched that to you for the after party, but, um, this can be our after the after party show. Um, so everyone giving you a, I'm still kind of vamping go away. If you haven't watched the show, cause we're going to spoil this shit out of it. It's really, it's really good. Like that's yeah, the other yeah. thing, like this, like we talked a little bit about it, you know, with the watching the first three episodes in the spoiler free discussion, but this truly is the best thing that Apple has released since Ted Lasso totally. in terms of original content and original series. And I absolutely agree. It, yeah. And again, like this is, this isn't spoiler, but it is so satisfying that I don't even think the reveals or the ending can ruin that in any way mm -hmm. whatsoever, because you're just, every episode is so joyous to watch and sort of just basically deciphering what's going on and, you know, figuring out the characters and storylines and, you know, you talking on screencast recently as well about like going on to Reddit afterwards and finding yeah. all these, you know, little kind of Easter eggs and, and puzzle pieces and clues as to who the killer may or may not be. Um, A lot it's of so engaging. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. yeah. And, and like, again, like this is something that doesn't often kind of, get thought of when you're when you're thinking about like a comedy series or film you know comedy is usually it's meant for the laughs and that's mm -hmm. the first and foremost thing when it comes to you know constructing uh you know a, a comedy where this there's there's so much more kind of put together and it, it is a nice looking show as well so yeah definitely uh, people should check it out. It got renewed for season two. Uh, so it's, yep. it, Tiffany Haddish is coming back. She's going to be the mm. Hercule Poirot of, of the series. Which I'm totally down for. And we'll talk about theories of, I mean, I mean, there's no theories, but where I would like the kind of show to go, because I'm assuming it will take that kind of, whether it keeps the after party name, but I have some kind of thoughts on that as well. So yes, everyone, we are going to spoil the show in three, two, one. Eric, I was right all along, man. <laughs> Sonic is you, the killer. Yeah, you you, and we both were kind of on the same page because I remember even when we recorded the, that first three episode review, we both, because I was like, oh, who do you think it is? You're like, oh, 
there's something with a cell phone that I was kind of like, you, you tipped it off right away. And I think you were talking about Jasper in the shower, right? Yeah. Like, weren't you? Or like, and that was kind of the first thing that tipped me off to Jasper as well. And then if you dug deeper and went on to the Reddit, like that's been the theory since those first three episodes dropped was that Jasper was the killer. And even, you know, guessing it early, you know, being deep into Reddit and finding those clues and different things like that. Like I never like swayed away from thinking it was Jasper, but even when, you know, Danner is going through and you, she gives kind of the false accusations just to kind of, you know, tip the audience off to go, Ooh, is it Walt? Is it, you know, is it, um, uh, Anik or, 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 you know, Ike Barinholtz Brett, um, I think that was kind of fun to lead into the Asper thing. But then even when Jasper is revealed as the killer, it was still incredibly satisfying because I feel like it wasn't one of those things where I'm like, uh, it was so easy. It was so obvious it was Jasper from day one, even though like that was my theory all along. I felt like the pieces that they put in there and the reasoning why they had Jasper kill Xavier, I thought was the most satisfying conclusion to this. Like, and it made the most sense out of all of the people at this party who all had their reasoning of wanting him dead. I think the connection of them in that ska band, uh, Scarpe Diem, <laughs> Scott Bay Diem, and like, and just it, it made total sense of him being jealous about him being famous and not, you know, and him regretting breaking up the band and, and actually kind of causing Xavier to become Xavier kind of thing at that high school party. I just thought it was like thoroughly satisfying. And like, oh, we'll go into some Easter eggs and things like that. And even when I was putting together the thumbnail for this episode today, if you notice on the you put Sonic the Hedgehog, <laughs> yeah, um, I didn't put Jasper as the thumbnail because I didn't want to do that. I just put that reg, you know, the check mark that they or yeah. the question mark that they're all in in their faces. If you look, Jasper's doing this, and I'm like, ooh, X marks the spot. I love that. Like Jasper's pointing like both ways with his arms crossed. Well, he might also be a big DMX fan. We don't know. That's also true, but I just think that like clever things like that like it was staring you in the face all along and the double cell phone thing people found and him entering from the opposite side people saw and like so it kind of all added up to Jasper but I felt like it was one of those things where I'm like ah, I wish I would I it wasn't one of those things where I'm like I wish I you guys outsmarted me it was like oh you know what I think for casual viewers of the show that maybe aren't thinking about every little thing or analyzing every little thing and they're just watching the show and, and letting it kind of like take them over. They're not thinking too hard about it. I think Jasper will be a good reveal because Ben Schwartz is so likable and the character was really likable, the musical episode and things like that. So uh, I really, I, I really dug the reveal and I, I think you said you were in the same boat, right? Yeah. And, and what I also like, you know, um, you know, going back on, on his sort of solo episode in, in terms of him being um, interviewed, I think one thing that kind of, if you look back at it now the people that are hiding in plain sight and are the most forthcoming in terms of wanting to talk tell their story and tell their yeah. story are the ones that are hiding the most because they're just laying it all out there for you. Or the people that are the kindest or, or, you know, trying to be the, the least, you know, suspicious yeah. in their actions. And so like, you can tell that like the way that he wants to be interviewed by Tiffany Haddish's Dan or cat character, like you just know that like, okay, like this guy's a little too eager to kind of be completely upfront and kind of get like his, you know, 
minute in the spotlight and, and, and kind of get attention drawn back on him. So, you know, looking on that, like it's, it's interesting. And then again, like, it's just fascinating to see how that kind of shift in the last episode goes from comedic, but also plays in a kind of melancholy and almost depressing kind of way when the sun comes up and it's the next day and everybody's kind of leaving because you see the way that everybody after, and I think that the high school episode is the one where all the cards are basically laid out and saying like, you know, what we, what we did at this one party was at, at, you know, Xavier's party was, no, Walt's party. See, I'm even forgetting Patrick's Walt. Day. <laughs> Poor Walt. Poor, Poor Walt. Walt. And Walt has one of the best moments at the end where, where like, um, you know, Chelsea. It's my birthday. Yeah. No, well, Chelsea says, you know, I, yeah. I won't forget you now. And like, that's a really nice little moment. But yeah. when that episode kind of lays out that each character, even though some of them are very likable, like even Anik, they are still human beings and they make mistakes mm. and they do things that they'll regret later on in life and that kind of carries on with them and then in that sort of last moment where Mm. they're kind of all dispensing in the cold light of day like the way that like you know someone like chelsea sort of talks to jennifer too and says like Mm -hmm. no you're a horrible person (laughs) and like like there's still this weird like again kind of honesty and that like just because you know we're Mm. we're moving on from the past now and we can finally reconcile with what we've we've done to each other it doesn't necessarily mean that you know we're going to be friends and i kind of like that about the show that it still has this truthfulness to to how the 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 things play out and and how the characters interact with each other like even though they are still sketches of of people of personalities they still feel that still feels kind of real Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And I think even that moment with Brett and Anique and when, you know, Danner is kind of testing Anique, seeing if he is a good guy actually and and would put himself on the line, even though it makes him look suspicious to kind of, you know, say that Brett is innocent, I think was interesting too. And um, yeah, I just thought it was thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable from everything you're saying. Like it has great human moments, great character beats, like good arcs through people, even it all taking place on this one night. But like, I love the different perspectives and stuff we said in the first review too, of like, it kept it fresh by having that new style each episode. And it could be like an anthology series where it's hit or miss for you, depending on what the genre is or who the character is that episode. And and maybe people felt that, that way, but I thought uh, more often than not, it kind of hit. Like I felt like the genres matched the character. I felt like the stories were intriguing, even though you're reliving the same kind of night over and over and over again. And I feel like, you know, to its benefit, those different genres. So like the ones we didn't talk about in those first three episodes. So like at, we got just to go through everything. So the unique episode, which was a romantic comedy, you got Brett's episode, which was like an action fast and the furious kind of movie Jasper's, which was a musical. And like, I think there's even little things in there with the, his three songs that kind of allude to his jealousy. And if you see how focused on music it is and how much he's just upset that he didn't become a big star. Like, I think it was kind of staring everyone in the face, even though it's a peppy kind of ridiculous, fun episode. Um, the Chelsea episode, which is a psychological thriller, 
the high school episode, which is like a teen drama high school kind of movie. Um, you have Zoe, which is an animated movie, and you can see some of the style from some of the hand-drawn stuff from even the Sony animation side of things, like the stuff they did on Mitchells versus the Machines and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I have mine right there, too. You can probably see it. It's kind of got glare on it. But Eric and I have uh, signed Mitchells versus the Machines. Uh, one of the coolest things we've gotten in this whole award season. Really, really cool. Um, then you have Danner's episode, which is kind of like a police procedural. It reminded me not so much even of movies, but like a TV police procedural, like on CBS or something like that. Listening like to that new Lincoln Park yeah. album. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, he's great. And then, um, and then Maggie was the final episode, which was kind of like a kid's movie for the first kind of maybe 10, 15 minutes with Maggie telling her side of the story. Um, before it just kind of turns into your classic, like everyone in one room and the detective kind of accuses uh, a couple people and then ultimately solves the crime. So I thought it was a good mix of kind of genres and um, and I just felt it like like you said, it, it was consistently funny. But then more than that, it, it just had really good kind of character moments and it built on each episode of who the focus was. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it's it's one of those shows where <clears throat> the mystery is interesting enough to initially have you engaged. But I think the way that each episode is its own mini movie, you kind of said it perfectly with the idea that, you know, it, it could be looked at as an anthology, but there is a through line where mm -hmm. you're seeing it, it as almost like a Rashomon-esque kind of story where you're seeing the, the same story play out with the exception of, of Danner's backstory mm -hmm. playing out in the similar kind of way, but kind of with, again, a slight kind of uh, different take on it because of the genre and the personality that... Unreliable you know, the, narrator. Exactly. And so that I think works really well. And... I think there are going to be episodes that you're going to like, you know, obviously kind of rank one above the other. The ones that I, I really, really love the most are the high school one, which I think is the best. Um, but then I, I really, and I'm surprised that I'm saying this because I mean, like, again, you know, Miller has the background in animation, but that animated episode is so well done. And it's yeah. such a soulful and, yeah. and, and, thoughtful sort of little kind of like falling in love with yourself again and rediscovering who you are and being okay with the different, you know, facets of who you Sides are as a person. You, yeah. yeah. And showcasing those through those animation styles, I think is so perfect. Like, and it is something like, especially I think why this show hit me and probably you a little harder too, Eric is like, we're about the same age as everyone on this show, right? Like we could be going to the same reunion that they're going to and like when they were in high school was exactly when we were in high school or <clears throat> what Zoe's dealing with in that episode of uh you know losing yourself a little bit as you get older and you remember how you were when you were in high school or when you were younger or, or, or something like that and how you change and how you can accept the different facets of your personality and and it makes you unique in who you are you just have to bring out some of those things that kind of got lost along the way and finding yourself again. And I thought, yeah, that animated episode and using, it's just the perfect way to uh, have a representation of that. And I thought, you know, obviously they're so good at, if you look at any of their animated stuff, they just absolutely crush it. So um, I totally agree with you there. Um, yeah, I think none of them like didn't, there's not one where I'm like, ah, that episode didn't really work. Like I probably could have done without the Danner episode. Like, I don't know if you got, 
I get why you do it because she is, you know, the detective that you're going to bring back in for in in, in next seasons, and she's the one solving the case, and you kind of have to understand, you know, why she wants to solve this so badly before that ringer comes in. Um, yeah, Reed uh, Scott's character, yeah, who's, yeah. I mean, he is one of those guys that is usually the best thing in most productions that he's in he was kind of a breakout in in the veep series but also mm-hmm. like he's one of the better things if you want to like say there is something good in the venom movies he's like you sure. know as, as the fiance the dr yeah. dan character um but he is such an asshole in this and and i think that that's interesting as well like again it's it's looking at sort of the sexism and sort of yeah. again the the systematic racism of sort totally of like the status of of police work and and so like part of it is to kind of show you like how you know danner kind of rise through the ranks even going through a lot of this crap but at the same time it's almost like in fargo when you have the scene where francis mcdormand's character goes and meets stephen park you know the 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 friend that she had in high school and when she's talking to him and then later on finds out that everything he said was a lie because she is talking to somebody else mm-hmm. on the phone. She then goes and follows up with the William H. Macy character because of that. And that's why yeah. that sort of life lesson, that experience I think is important to have there. Totally. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I think that, and, and plus also having, what's his name? Jimmy, uh, uh, uh Tatro, yeah. Tatro in there, yeah. uh, as the mustache He's kind so of funny. knob cop. Who's <laughs> yeah. probably also now a detective because he just, failed upwards um yeah. he's always fun to see when and he it's shows not a bad time. episode don't no. get me wrong it just felt like a little bit of a weird detour on the second last episode when it's so focused on who the killer was in this story like i just i don't know if i'd necessarily i like the stuff that's in there i just didn't feel like maybe I guess you don't always have to drive the plot forward and you get a little bit of that at the end of that episode. It's almost like but... the reverse version of like with the book of Boba Fett where like the the last couple of episodes yeah. are the Mandalorian and it kind of just yeah. reminds you that, oh, I would rather probably want to watch the Mandalorian instead of the book of mm-hmm. Boba Fett where this is like, okay, we, we have to give you something on this character because obviously now since they've announced that season two is happening and, and, and Haddish is coming back, it's like, okay, we, we have to kind of get an idea of her backstory and her character. And obviously there's no, you know, great mustache origin story in, mm-hmm. in this one. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I, I actually really liked Tif- Tiffany Haddish in this. I yeah, thought she, she, was I, really she grew good. on me. Yeah, I I think she was my least favorite part of the show at originally, but then as it went on, and I think that episode, even though I said like I probably could have done without it, I think you know giving her a spotlight in that, and I think she's really great in that episode. Um, and I am excited for her to come back. Like at first, I was like, I- I've never been on the Tiffany Haddish acting like train. Like I think she's a very funny comedian, but I feel like and can be used in really funny kind of moments in movies but it's she's just never really clicked with me like it always and i struggle with this a lot like when i can tell someone is like performing their lines it really kind of bothers me which in this kind of show it 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 shouldn't but like there are too many times where i'm like man i i'm sorry tiffany but i can tell you like practice that line like so much and then you've you delivered it and it works enough but like i can still tell I don't lose myself in it. Like I can tell someone's acting and, um, but I think she works overall in the show. And I think that I like her kind of rapport with each like house guest or, or after party guest. And I like 
her saying, tell me it's a movie and her back and forth and her being kind of that casual, but taking it very kind of seriously kind of thing. So I'm excited to see her come back. I don't think that there is that trademark that you get from, yeah, a Poirot or even a, uh, in Knives Out, uh, um, I, what's his name? <laughs> Benoit uh, Blanc. Uh, Benoit Blanc, like of being like a Southern accent, but his name is Benoit Blanc. And like, I think maybe something as a like a defining like character kind of thing I would love, but um, she's the mad dog, man. Yeah, mad dog. Yeah, true. And then um, it looks like Sam Richardson might come back too, right? Like when she gives him that card at the end and says like, hey, you'd be great at like uh, detective work because of your uh, escape room your history with escape puzzle. room and puzzles, which the show was, right? Yeah. Like we can talk about some of those Easter eggs in a moment too that um, I, I, I found or not mostly I didn't find. It was a lot of people on Reddit, but um, I think I think you will see Haddish and Richardson come back for season two. He'll be, and he'll, I think, he'll, ha- he'll open his own like private eye investigations, but yes. he'll be called like the puzzler or something like that. Yes, exactly. So I think Danner, I think he won't be in like the first episode or something like that, or maybe he won't come in until like halfway through the season or a couple episodes in, or you introduce him right away. Like they're working as partners, right? Like you did have, uh, what was the guy who played, uh, John early played detective Culp. Um, I'm wondering if, like, I think he's fine, but I'm wondering, like, if Danner ends up, like, teaming up with Anik and Anik joins the kind of police force, maybe. I don't know. I don't, but, but I, he, I think that might not happen with him, like, joining the police force, because, like, even but just though, as an independent? Yeah, I think he'd be just kind of, like, the outsider type, and I think that that would work really well for him. And um, But, yeah, I, I would like to see Sam Richardson part of, come back as well. And I think that, and that's a good character arc for Anik, right? Because he is a little bit down on where his life is and that, you know, he likes designing escape rooms and things like that, but it's, it's not, you know, we saw with that episode where he's supposed to go to Stanford, right? Like, was it Stanford or, um, and then he doesn't because he gets arrested. Yeah. It was right? some like, sort of Ivy league college that, yeah. that Xavier didn't get into because even though his father, it, like the nepotism of it, and that that's even interesting mm-hmm. sort of, again, like, again, how it goes with like both class and race, but then, you know, you're, you're siding with Anik, but then Anik makes a bad choice and then kind of, pays the price for it and then that kind of also looks at like you know how you kind of reframe the characters after that high school episode because i could also see people looking at the high school episode like the danner episode and kind of being like okay well this kind of takes you out of you know the 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 present day situation that they're in but at the same time i think it also adds to culpability and and the idea of that these characters any one of them could be the killer and giving them more motivation and and things like that but also it also changes your mind on some of them too i think with the chelsea character specifically like it shows you like okay she's been betrayed through you know the episodes beforehand as this kind of like blackout drunk irresponsible person who ruined a marriage between two Mm -hmm. people and she's not that at all and like even anik as he's listening into these interviews even with Brett, like he's like, okay, well, he's not the person I thought he was. And I made mm-hmm. a, 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 an assumption. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that is a valuable episode. And then even some of the, uh, we didn't talk about it specifically because we wanted to keep some of the like cameos and Easter eggs out of it. But like Channing Tatum in the Hall and Oates biopic <laughs> is so fucking funny. And like that, that guy like, kills me, man. Is he's great. And like I like having him in that in, in private eyes is so is so fucking funny. Um 
and the private eyes throwaway thing and like the little things there's a great interview with ben schwartz i think it was on ew or uh variety or somewhere sorry you go search it he's probably done a few interviews where he talked about some of the little things that he did to try to like because he knew he was the killer all along um where he's like the private eyes thing he's like in that moment he's like you can see that Jasper's trying to like cover up that he realizes that he was recorded so like um just the way that he delivers that line there with the private eyes camera and then he's like also he's like throughout the whole show you can see me like he had two phones in his pocket the whole time because he had Xavier's phone that like he would go for one phone, but then like pull out the other one and little things like that, that I thought was interesting and shout out to Ben Schwartz, that final sequence when he actually like reveals himself as the killer, I think is fantastic of like him playing the, the jealousy card and then seeing him outside and see that he will be famous now. And just that kind of part of it too, of like, he's the guy who killed Xavier. So he kind of gets what he wanted sort of um by becoming kind of famous by killing this guy i think he just did a a bang up job and then um uh will forte as well in hungry hungry hippos which i think is also fucking hilarious well it's a miller production right because he's in most of yeah totally stuff right like he played he was the voice of abe lincoln in, in uh clone high so um so i think that that whole thing like and even the like joke of a adaptation of hungry, hungry hippos as a uh, movie, like a board game adaptation is so funny. Cause it reminds me of the Jenga idea that I wanted to like do as like die hard as die hard where like you're blowing up one floor of a, of a, like a, a, a tall building at a time until it collapses. Well, look at Peter Berg's <laughs> battleship. Like there's um, an actual yeah. scene where they're playing battleship. They're going before. And that's, what's funny about hungry, hungry hippos. You see like, it's like a magic orb that the hippo is eating like the marble kind of thing. And it's just so, it's so stupid. And then, um, but you could see that, it being real though too. Oh, totally. Yeah. And that's what their humor is just so funny. Um, so before we go, I want to talk about a couple of things. So the Easter eggs on Reddit and stuff. So if anyone wasn't following along with the Reddit, um, which I think I'm of two minds, like either you go there and like people had amazing theories and found all these clues and it kind of does not spoil things, but you go, okay, there is a lot of evidence piling up against Jasper. Or there is this because all these people are noticing every little detail that Danner ultimately says at the end, where if you just watched it week to week and didn't think too much about it, you might be caught off guard, but then all the little things that they added, I thought were really interesting. I talked a bit of it about it on the screencast episode I did over on kind of funny, but there was like each episode had some sort of puzzle or clue in it that would say not someone. So one said not mad dog. One said not skier. One said not something else. And each episode had a different clue that would lead to that. So in the first episode, I think it was like Morse code with the light uh, with when they're sitting on the thing. There's another one in the background on the TVs. If you were colorblind, you definitely missed this. So it wasn't a colorblind friendly clue. It was those dots that spelt out like not something on the TV behind them. There was another one, one that I actually found before uh the episodes were released were the one in the animated episode on the building you see the lights lit up on the side of a building and then there's a billboard beside it that says it's this is one of those easter eggs or whatever right and if you uh like put them over top of each other you can kind of see what letters and it spells out not mad dog i think or something like that 
So there are like wild things like that. And I'm sure there's even more that like uh, Chris Miller will probably talk about because he had like uh, escape room creators and, and puzzle guys. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know your professional uh, titles, Title, but yeah. um, I apologize. But you, uh, the puzzlers. You had those people, yeah, that they came in and put all these things in the background and all these hints and like that's such kind of a fun thing. And I think they can even play on that now that people maybe come to expect that for season two. Right. And some of them were wild, like turning stuff into binary code and like flipping it over. And I'm like, people are incredibly smart and almost too smart for the the creators and stuff. And then the one thing Chris Miller talked about that they did to try to throw people off on Reddit was they posted uh, a tweet from the official Apple TV plus account that had like, Oh, uh, the many faces of Zoe. And it had like three of the photos were screenshots from like her episode or other episodes. And one was her in the blonde wig looking in the mirror, which actually isn't even in the show. And then they deleted the tweet pretty quickly, knowing that the people on Reddit would screenshot the tweet and then talk about it. Like it was a mistake. Like they revealed something. So I thought that was even really clever. Like that was uh, intentional to try to throw people off. And um, so they just like really put a lot into this. And I'm all about, you know, these murder mysteries. Like if we get a Knives Out continuation, uh, you get the mustache returning. They've talked about it. Um, the head of 20th Century Fo- or 20th Century Studios says that they're working on the next script and the mustache will return. He said, uh, and I'm like, yes, those movies are very mediocre, but I'm here for it. Um, and then this, you have like these, well, even Scream, you know, right? Like there's Scream, yeah. There's there's this kind of there. I mean, there's always been an interest in it because it engages the audience to kind of also join Play the detective, along, yeah. right? And and it's it's almost like you know build your own mystery or, or put the clues together. I mean, even with Murderville, right? You know, like I mean, talk about another mustache as well. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see what they do moving forward because this was originally going to be a film but i actually think like a lot unlike a lot of 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 extended you know eight to nine episode miniseries or limited series that could have been a two-hour film i think this actually ben is is beneficial to the long form narrative and and giving you more time to really question things and also kind of put your own thought process into who the character, who the killer could be. And, and, and again, like, I think that makes it a lot more fun. So like, I think it justifies, you know, being the number of episodes it is instead of being, you know, an hour and a half, two hour movie where, you know, there are some things like even like Pam and Tommy, which could have been, you know, five episodes and probably would have gotten the point across and, and, or maybe even a movie, right? Exactly. And, and, and that's the thing where like with the after party, it's like, okay, this actually works really well as a series and i wonder what the film version of this would have looked like and if they could have put all those little easter eggs and clues throughout because obviously you know they're not going to probably spend as much time on each individual character they'll give you kind of a a quick kind of shortcut um Mm -hmm. to who they are and what they are but this again gives you more time to question yourself and the characters and motivations and angles and creates this weird sort of think tank subreddit account that people are obsessed on and and that's also a part of it now as well is 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 how you know people are engaged with the the programs that they're watching or the movies they're seeing and then having this you know post social media 
conversation with it and sort of the algorithms of that. So if a show like the after party can be engaging on that regard, then, you know, that's, that's amazing. And, and again, it's, it's, it's so clever in its construction and, you know, it's, it's execution overall that I think like, again, I'm actually really excited to see what season two will be. Yeah. And what do you, I, there's no way we can even think what season two would be, but do you think it's just called the after party again? And it's another high school reunion. I think they go, <laughs> it would be funny uh, if it's like we, <laughs> Danner specializes in, in, in solving after or after party, party high <laughs> murders. <school murders. laughs> that would be funny as like a meta joke. Cause they're very good at that. I think they could also go the route of, you could go anything, because like look at the Poirot cases, like you could come up with a completely different title for each season, right? And just I think keeping uh party could be a fun thing where it's the rap party or the whatever party, the birthday party. Well, the, like the like, Spider-Man like, movies with um, home in yeah. the title, right? Yeah, and I think if you keep party, but then just switch it to a different type of party, like the wedding party or or whatever you want to do, right? I think that could be really fun. And like my pitch to um, Joey Noel, who you guys should check out our review of Fresh, which is up right now on Untitled Movie Reviews. Joey uh, came in and filled in for Eric. So we talked about uh, Fresh in a spoiler capacity, spoiler free for like the first five minutes. Um so go check that out. But after we finished recording, uh, we were talking about uh, the after party. And my pitch to her was bring back Channing Tatum and have him play himself and he be the one who gets murdered at a rap party for a movie he did. And then I think that would be <laughs> privatized too. And, yeah, hilarious and fantastic. Like, um, I think that could be really fun. And then we started theorizing like what other Lord Miller regulars could show up uh on the show right whether they're a main cast i mean most of the main cast here other than uh franco uh you know had worked with them a little bit but well, not, well like, will forte right? and channing yeah. tatum had well, of course yeah. in, in in that capacity so like yeah. if you want to think of like other jump street people jonah hill coming in like even because mm -hmm. like you know they worked together in the lego movie and you had It'd be amazing I think a if, lot of people you Jonah like Hill killed Channing Tatum. <laughs> that see, yeah, like stuff like that could be really funny. Or um, I think keeping the party and then doing something else, like, uh, but uh, who knows? A lot of the times, a studio will step in and be like, "Well, it needs to be called After Party, or else people aren't going to realize it's the second season to the After Party." Well, it's the like, branding, right? I don't know. Yeah, but I think if you keep party, it's like with Knives Out. I'm like, if it's called Knives Out Two. That's just the lamest thing ever. <laughs> like, although I like, would kind of be impressed with them committing to that. Like, it would it would almost be kind of comical. It's like, yeah, we yeah. couldn't come up with anything that would be like on brand, so we just called it Knives Out too. But then again, like with with the After Party, if they keep changing the title, there's the other show that I haven't watched that I've heard is is, is pretty good called Search Party. So mm -hmm. they might that's true want to avoid confusing those two. And that is a darkly comedic show as well. Hers so, good, yeah, yeah, but I haven't watched any of it. Um, so that do you have any what I, other than I guess hoping Richardson comes back? Like I guess there's no way we can really know. But um, I mean, it would be definitely meta or on the nose. But it would be amazing if they got like someone like Tobin Bell uh, to play sure. a character on on one of the, the seasons. Just sure. you have to. 
Yeah, I, I would love that. Um, I would love nothing more. But yeah, I I think Richardson and Haddish will be the only two that you see. Uh, maybe Zoe pops up if her and Anik are still together or something like that to have like a through line. Yeah, but, and if there's maybe um, like a fire or something, Brett, because he's a volunteer firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> you could involve other people. Like it like, would be funny if like you could like get like some of these actors to come back in like a cameo capacity and, and make it funny where it's like, okay, they have to go to the vets. So like Chelsea's working there or something sure. like that. Like just something and stupid. Like somehow that. it just involve everyone who was in the first season. Uh, have to go visit Ben Schwartz in jail where he does like a real well they did that with 22 Jump Street right with Dave Franco yeah that's true that's true Rob Riggle would probably show up in one of these oh that's what Joey said yeah Rob Riggle she's like he could easily play like Nick Offerman yeah oh my god Nick Offerman is amazing and I would love that so um that's what what I'm hoping for a second season and I hope that you could just call it after party and do different types of after parties, right? Like even a rap party is technically an after party or, or something like that, right? Like you could do that. So um, I'm looking forward to it and it'll be interesting to see if they keep the uh, uh, like, I guess there's so many different movie genres that you can tackle, even though you tackled some of the biggest ones here. Like hey, maybe there's another thing to talk about quickly before we wrap is like, what other genres could they tackle that could be fun? Western. Um, Western would be, yeah. I think that'd easily. be a good one. Like a modern I mean, day Western as well, you know, like a noir, I guess, which yeah. you got a little bit about with um Indigo, right? Like well, hers was more like that. Yeah, it was kind of like a black and white noir, but it was just like uh, it was almost long, like a it was right? almost kind of mocking like art house movies though as well. Oh, that's right? true too, yeah. yeah. Which I like that so, character. Like every time they kind of cut to her and her reactions. I, she was just chilling, man. Like she's, she's holding just, a martini, she's just like <laughs> She wasn't really involved in anything. I feel like she was just kind of chilling. No one ever accused her of anything. And she was just kind of like there, which I think is funny. Or like when, um, when she does have interactions with people, they're usually like, I'm, I'm trying to find a way to get out of this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, do you think um, Maggie's name was Maggie as a, Maggie Simpson? a reference Yeah, to who shot Mr. Burns? <laughs> you know what? I, I wouldn't be surprised, especially because you had mentioned this before when, when we were talking about it, um, you know, when we weren't recording and thinking about it, like it does kind of make sense just with, you know, from the, from the kid's perspective. But I got to say as well, with those like 10, 15 minutes worth of, of, you know, flashback scenes from her perspective that could have been so obnoxious and they find the right amount of whimsical childhood kind of imagination to go along with the creative, you know, sound design of that sequence or even having Walt as a Muppet walking by in that one shot, (laughs) which is amazing. And, 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 and it doesn't overstay its welcome and, you actually really like Maggie and I really love the way that Haddish talks to her as well. Yeah. And and I think that that's, again, like it, it would also be very interesting to see if like they keep, you know, every assignment that um, Haddish is given is basically an after party, which could be almost like an actor or a filmmaker doing one thing really, really well. And then all they can get yeah. afterwards is this that's one funny. version of it that I they could, can't I could get out of. I could see them making a joke about that too, right? Where yeah. it'd be like, yo, Danner, you solved that after party thing, right? Like yeah. you got another one. And I'm assuming they'll all be kind of in the LA area unless they travel around. But um, 
And then shout out to uh, John Lejoie, who did the music for the musical episode, who's in, if you guys don't know him, um, you guys would remember viral videos from a long time ago in the early days of YouTube, like show me your genitals <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, and other things like that. He was um, also which, on the league, the FX series. Yes. I forgot about that. He, uh, that was kind of a, a bigger thing he did when he started doing some acting. And then he's in last one laughing Canada, which is on prime video right now. Um, so he helped out with the music for uh, the Yasper episode. So um that is fantastic. And then also the EP that they put out for Xavier in character called RIP Xavier is really, really funny too. So go check that out. It's, I've been listening to that a lot. Like I'm a live forever is really uh fun uh, duet is re- really, really fun <laughs> things, things that he likes no, to do wet. And those are the like, moments I thought were amazing as well from, from Dave Franco when he's recording. God, he's the best. When dude. he's just like, Ooh. and he's terrible. <laughs> like he's just the worst. And like uh, Dave Franco is, is so fucking awesome. And, um, I love that. And guy. he's also an executive um, producer on uh, Pam and Tommy. So, you know, like connecting all these things together. Yeah, so it's just, he's great. dude. Yeah. He like, like the way that, he it buys into his bullshit is incredible like just like even in the the one moment where he's having the confrontation with um brett in the washroom and they're having like the pee off and then it's like he records it's like the acoustics in washrooms <laughs> it's so good uh i never watched the rental did i which he directed right? which is like a horror it, movie it's kind of like yeah. a meta horror slasher um which is actually should, not bad it's not it's not like i should watch it I, I heard it's movie, not yeah but it has moments again kind of playing with the meta nature of what a slasher movie is and toby huss plays uh the owner of the place that they're renting out and he's like this racist asshole and he has this amazing like photo framed that i couldn't stop laughing at every time they cut to it but it is it is still it, it's still kind of it's 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 not maybe as comical or meta as scream because it does play by the rules of a slasher movie but it does have kind of like the deconstruction of it but it's it's not bad cool and he has a movie coming out soon called somebody i used to know uh a romantic go chase on yeah probably (laughs) i don't know Uh, allison brie his wife starring in it and then uh, he's directing from a screenplay he wrote with allison brie because Brie was also one of the leads in the rental, um, and she was very good in that as well. And then Amazon Studios is distributing that. You got uh, oh, uh, Zoe Chow is in that as well, um, and Amy Sedaris, Haley Joel Osment, cool, good stuff. Uh, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Can't wait for season two. Uh, anything Lord and Miller do, and I know this was mostly Chris Miller. Phil Lord did write one of the episodes, but it, and it was a Lord Miller production. Um, but this was, uh, obviously a passion project for Chris Miller. Um, it's Miller time. To, yeah. And I, and those guys are just the best man. Like I, anyone who's listened to Eric and I for, you know, the decade or so we've been doing this, like the jump street movies are just two of my favorite comedies of all time. I think both Lego movies are great. Obviously spider verse is incredible. Um, I know they're producers on a lot of those things and not necessarily the, the directors, but I just feel like they have a great sense of, you know, blockbuster and Hollywood kind of filmmaking and now TV shows where they can kind of make something that's a little bit more than just, you know, a popcorn movie or a, a whodunit. Like it has some layers to it and 
with meta humor and some great characters and things like that. So uh, I can't wait for them to direct another movie too. Cause like it's been quite some time. Since. Yeah. It's, it's, I remember that they were going to, I don't know if they're still doing it. The Andy Weir adaptation of his book um, project hail Mary with Ryan Gosling, yeah. which was this kind of like, cause uh, Andy Weir also wrote uh, the Martian. So, and, and, and I think a lot of the same crew behind the scenes were working together on that. So that is still in pre-production but it has there's been nothing that's been announced since um the initial um press release came out but yeah i i remember loving i didn't know that it was them but i i really loved that season of clone high so much growing up in high school and found it to be one of the funniest shows i remember it because it was only the one season so there's about like eight or nine episodes and how Will Forte voiced Abe Lincoln, teen Abe Lincoln, but also he did the voiceovers for the next episode. And then always at the end of the, for the next episode, it'd be on a very special episode of clone high. And that was always the thing. But then he would go into like weird riffs where there was one bit where it's like, I don't want to spoil anything for you. Like my friend, Steve spoiled the sixth sense for me. And then I threatened (laughs) I would kill his dog afterwards. Um, So it's like stuff like that. Like you can tell like, like, even though they have grown and they've become obviously very collaborative with the people they like working with and also giving new people an opportunity to kind of share their stories, even with something like the Mitchells versus the machines, their, their sense of humor is very integral to all of the movies that they've made. So, um, or, or TV shows as well. So they, they, yeah, they're always a, a delight and, and yeah, I guess the next thing to look forward to would be uh, across the spider verse part one. Yeah part one yeah i'm on the wikipedia yeah they're still attached to do project hail mary they also were announced to direct an adaptation of the premonition a pandemic story which is about the early days of covid um which is interesting um and then there's obviously the into the spider-verse stuff and then they did say in an interview with slash film that they actually do want to make a biopic of Holland Oates, which I, which I think they should just cast Franco and Channing Tatum and, and totally. actually do that. And I think that would be amazing. So, um, great show you guys. I mean, if you're listening to this, I hope you, uh, already watched it and I hope you enjoyed, um, and it, I hope your theories either, were you on the Jasper train from the beginning? Did you think I Sonic the Hedgehog it, did it? I thought it was either going to be him or Zoe. And, mm-hmm again like going back on it and looking at the way that he is so he's just he is completely and utterly self-absorbed and wants attention even when you know he's not basically being mm-hmm. exposed for being the murderer but like you can tell like the way that he is hiding in plain sight it, yeah. it makes sense like any movie or tv show where you have somebody who is telling you everything about them or is willing to talk there's usually something suspicious there or they're hiding something and like it, it does work as kind of tipping you off on just that alone like i think mm-hmm. of it the same way that like in in um david fincher's the girl with the dragon tattoo spoiler alert for that movie um the way that stellan skarsgård's character is so um inviting and kind and the way that like christopher Plummer's patriarch talks about his entire family being a bunch of assholes and it doesn't really kind of like fit with 
what he was saying. And so like, you kind of get this feeling like this guy's being really too nice. He's probably hiding something and yeah. he turns out to be a serial killer. So, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Classic. Classic uh, thank Stellan you all. Skarsgård. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening or watching. We really, really do appreciate it. Um, this episode kind of the last two weeks, um, we're trying something new on the main channel where, uh, we're doing non-numbered episodes, the Gucci main channel, uh, for, for spoiler casts and different things like that. So last week's episode was a spoiler cast for the Batman. Uh, this week is a spoiler cast for the after party and those aren't numbered episodes. Yeah, the um, those aren't numbered episodes, so we'll be back with another like regular episode next week, which will be our uh, Critics' Choice Awards recap. So Eric and I, we got our big voting deadline this week. We'll be voting on the Critics' Choice Awards. Those air this Sunday, March the 13th at 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, 4 p.m. Pacific on The CW and TNT, I believe. It's on both networks. Here in Canada, you can find it. Uh, CW is uh, WPIX11. I actually had to subscribe to it today because I don't have that channel. And I was like, I should probably, I want to watch it. So I subscribed today and um, we'll do a whole recap show about the winners and, and everything for a regular episode next week. And we'll cover any trailers and different things that we missed because I know there's been a few I forget what we missed this past week. Oh, uh, Bullet Train, uh, The Bubble, things like that. Oh, so God. talk about talk about what the after party could have been. Because again, looking at the tra- just judging the Bubble trailer, the Judd Apatow movie on that alone, mm-hmm. it looks kind of terrible. But again, it it's just awful. a trailer. So yeah, I know, and I like Judd Apatow. Don't get me wrong. Too. I'm usually I'm like an Apatow apologist. Usually, like his overlong kind of dramedies. I'm like. I'll eat that shit up. Like uh, I usually kind of really dig them. So and the king uh, of Staten Island with Kanye is, West's favorite yeah. actor Pete Davidson is actually a, a kind of a return to form. Is it too long? I, I agree. Absolutely. Yes, which they always are. But like, what's anyways? We'll get into that next week. We'll cover all that stuff. So we'll be we will be back with a regular episode. Um, if you like this. We have a couple other shows we would love for you guys to check out. Uh, Untitled Movie Reviews, we have our spoiler-free review of The Batman. We have a review up for Fresh, which is now streaming on Hulu and Disney Plus in the U.S. Uh, Joey Noel from Kind of Funny joined me for that. Uh, Just go in and watch Fresh without knowing anything about it, then go listen to our review. Um, And I think that's it. Oh, uh, Turning Red, our review should be up. Monday, March the 7th, if you're listening to this before, um, if it's past that time, then it's already up. You guys can check out our review for Turning Red. Uh, Thank you. As always, my name is Matt Rohrbeck. You can find more of my work around the internet, but mostly at UntitledMoviePodcast.com. And you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rohrbeck. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can uh, find more of my video reviews on RogersTV.com slash CinemaScene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Shaggy.